Welcome to the Gentleman Project Podcast. I'm Corey Moore. And I'm Kirk Chug. We're pleasured today to have Kelly Cardenas in the studio. The guy's smile and his energy uh, just radiates. Uh, we, we recently met each other and found out we both had podcasts. And I said, you've got to... You've got to tell me what you do for a living. You've got to tell me who you are because he just has this magnetism about him. He's like, I have a podcast. And actually uh, met Dan Clark, who's been on the podcast. He was in town to do Dan Clark's podcast that day. And we've been trying to connect now for a couple of months. But he's here in Salt Lake uh, with his family for a couple of weeks in Park City. And we've got him in the studio today. So, Kelly, tell us a little bit about yourself and your family. And your professional career. (laughs) I think both of you guys uh, sound so much better than me, first of all. So uh, (laughs) I met, I met Kirk, I met met you at the, uh, at the, uh, it was, can we say the name? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. At Max. Yeah. I mean, one of the coolest places I've ever been in. And uh, this is the commercial for Max. Like you, you need to, if <laughs> you don't know awesome. now, you know, um, if you don't, if you're going to feel like a gentleman, you feel like one there. Of course. Right, yeah. I mean, I, I felt that I needed to stand up straighter. I needed to treat my wife better when I went in there. It was, <laughs> it was incredible. Uh, but as far as myself, it was the same, it's the same thing that I say to every single person. When you met me at first, you said, Hey, what do you do? And I said, I make people happy. Yes. you did. And then I just smiled at you and you were like, and, and I asked you what you did. Um, for me, my whole entire life has just about been, uh, I have one talent and that's to figure out what other people are good at. And I allow them to do it at the highest level. And I've got a chance to be able to do that in the professional beauty industry. Now I do that in the keynote speaking space, in the podcasting space. And for me, my life has always been about being curious, right? So for me, it's really three major things. Number one, be super kind, contribute to everyone. Like contribute to, uh, like most people are on the take. I'm not on the take. I think it's really cool. Corey, your office is phenomenal. I feel like Ron Burgundy when I walked in, <laughs> he has, I mean, the office is so great. I just want to hang out, but I want to contribute to you. I want to make sure that when you walk away, you feel filled up. Number two, I like to make a lot of friends. If I make a lot of friends, I don't have to be good at anything except what I'm good at. Right. I don't have to be good in the commercial uh, uh, construction space. I don't have to make the best suits in the whole entire world <laughs> to make people feel amazing. I just get to be me. And the third one is to just stay curious. And I'm going to be curious as our friendship grows. I'm going to be curious about every single thing that you do. And then that way I don't have to go through all the same things that you did. And you won't have to with me if you're curious on my side. Oh, that's awesome. Tell us a little bit about your family too. That, I mean, that you've given us good nuggets already. So I'm really ex- excited for this. If you haven't listened to Kelly's podcast too, it's called the Kelly Cardenas podcast, right? Thank you. And he's, he's got some of the, the power players of the world on his podcast, super successful podcast. And if you like our podcast, you would also like Kelly's podcast. It's very much in the same vein about teaching, learning, growing, um, finding strengths in, in yourself and others. Um, and he's gleaning all of this stuff from people who have been there, done that. Well, I started the podcast cause of my kids, right? I have a 13 year old daughter. I have a 10 year old son and I wanted to take all the most iconic people in the world and show my kids that anything is possible as long as you have the right attitude and crazy work ethic. And so at the end of every podcast, every person who's on, including the general manager of the Tennessee Titans, Stephen Covey, they all give advice to my kids by name. So my kids right now have 194 episodes that 
say Maddox and McKenna, here's my advice to you from the Art Barters of the world, the Ken Blanchers of the world, the Stephen Coveys, the general manager of the team. That's my favorite team. <laughs> if that one wasn't for the world, that was for me. Yeah. And everyone asked me when I started the podcast, they were like, what's your niche? You need to have your niche. You need to stick in it. And I was like, my niche is people. Period. Done. Right? That's his gentleman project. <laughs> Yeah. His podcast is his, his gentleman. His project. podcast is his gentleman. It doesn't project. get much more aligned with what we're doing, actually. No. No. That's cool. So I guess if you're a dad looking for a gentleman project that will take a lot of your time, start a podcast for your kids. <laughs> right? Or just or just listen to ours and or Kelly's. Yeah. Well, I would listen to you guys. It's like yeah. I mean, you guys <laughs> you guys are incredible right from the very beginning. And not only with Kirk, like when we met, um, you know, I could see I could see your heart. And then right when I walk in, Corey, like you're the, the energy, cause you have the ability, man, like Corey, you have the ability to have someone walk in your office and you could be like, I do all this stuff, but that wasn't it. You invited me in. You were curious about me. You looked and it was like, I don't care about all this stuff. I just want to care about you. And that's not normal. You guys do something that's not normal. And this podcast is not normal. And that's why it's going to, why it's so special, man. Thanks. Oh, that's nice of you. Well, you, that. you mentioned three things that you do, right? Mm -hmm. Like, it was curiosity, making friends, mm -hmm. and the first one was what? Uh, be kind. Being so kind. Can, yeah. Yes. Love those. And I mean, could we, if we could teach those to the next generation, that'd be awesome. How do you teach some of those things? And maybe a second question that is, how'd you come up with those three? <laughs> like, well, why, where, where did it come from, you know? I think it's, it's, it's lived. My, my pop is, has been a source of wisdom for me. And it was not about what he said. It was about what he did every day. You know, he, we would talk on the phone and we'd talk on the phone when we were adults, but he passed away in December 19th this last year. Mm. And, but I know where he is. So I'm good. Like he, he, he told me the day after he passed, I was uh, on the beach and uh, you know, I was, I was talking to him and he, and he spoke back to me and he was like, Hey man, uh, do you ever hear the joke about the three guys on the island? I was like, what? Pop, like I'm sad. I'm mourning your dad, you know, and all this stuff. He's like, have you heard the three guys on the island, boy. That's what he called me all the time, boy. And I said, no, Pop. He said, there was three guys on the island. They find a little uh, a genie bottle. They rub it, and a genie comes out. Genie says, you got three wishes. They said, oh, cool, cool. We each got one. First guy says, I want to be back with my family. I miss my family because they're on a deserted island. They're stranded. He goes back, poof, bam, he's back with his family. Second one says, I want to travel the world and do, you know, be on yachts and planes and all this stuff. Poof, he's gone on yachts and planes. Third guy Looks around. He's like, I sure miss my friends. Poof, they're back on the island. My dad said, don't be that guy. He said, I'm in a better place. I don't want to be back. Don't wish me back to earth. I'm where exactly where I need to be. I'm with my wife because my mom passed away four years ago. I'm walking on streets of gold dancing with Jesus. Don't ask me back to that world that you're in right now. So be joyous, son. Be joyous about what's going on right now. And it's not about being happy, but being joyful. And that joy comes from falling in love with your circumstances and allowing the magic to happen. So ex explain the difference between joy and happiness. So happiness is circumstantial. Okay. I walked in, I was happy because I saw your restoration hardware. I was like, yeah, that's so great. Happiness is based off of if your marriage is working, your kids are acting right. Kids go to uh, camp and they call you and they act, you know, they do the right thing. Sadness comes when you don't get what you want, when the deal doesn't happen. Joy is falling in love with your current circumstances, no matter what they are, and watching magic happen around you. The, the crazy thing was when my dad told me that joke, the day after he passed away, I had no idea 
that I was going to be around other people who were so down in a dark place because they had lost a loved one. And when I got to tell them that joke that came from my father, that came from heaven, now those people get to laugh and say, I get to celebrate their life as opposed to mourning their death. What a, what a tender mercy that God gave you to have that conversation with your dad. It sounds like you have, I mean, anybody that calls his dad pop and any dad who calls his son boy has a special relationship, I think. And so tell us about that relationship and how it was built. Tell us about the relationship with your dad and why it was such a, a strong relationship well, from think, you from a young age. I think it's four parts, right? And Corey, you've probably been through this with your, with your family or even you're going through it as a man right now. There's four parts of pop. Okay. Number one was dad. Dad was the disciplinarian. Dad was the guy who put the speaker in my pillow and made me listen to uh, motivational tapes from the time I was in fourth grade to the time I was in uh, sixth grade. So two years having to sleep teach is what he called it because we had to listen to these tapes over and over. We'll get into it later. That's that guy. That's the guy. Dad is the guy who put me in front of his 67 MGBGT with my brother and threw a football at us from 15 yards or 15 feet away and said, if this uh, uh, football hits the car. I'm a whoop your tail. And we taught us how to catch. That was dad. Then there's pop, right? So actually there's three parts to, uh, to him. Then there's pop, pop, calm down. Pop was wise. Pop never told you that you were doing the wrong thing. Pop asked you a question. How do you feel while you're doing it? Pop, no matter when, would never jump in the hole with you and dig the hole deeper. He would stand on the outside and knock down the walls so it wouldn't seem like a hole around you. Pop was that guy that was there for you every single second. And then there was the third part, which I never got to experience. Only seven people on this earth got to experience. Campa. Campa, softest dude in the world. Is that his name? That's what, that's what they called him because they couldn't pronounce grandpa. But Campa, oh, Campa. Campa, uh. Campa was on that next level. Campbell was like, let's go to the dollar store. Let's do this. Let's go get some ice cream. We were never getting ice cream as dad. As pop, I was buying ice cream for pop. Campbell, soft as could be, but he was loving and he was always constantly showing that integrity, which was being the same in the dark as you are in the light, was the most important. And he did not ever, ever, ever deal with disrespect. You never called him by his first name. Kids in my neighborhood never did. And it, but as Campa, as long as you knew that that respect was there, Campbell was the softest dude ever, but only seven people on this earth ever got to do it, got to experience it. I never got to experience that part. I got to experience pop and pop was on this different level. Like he would call me every day. He said, uh, you know, every day we get off the uh, phone and every day as an adult, like I'm 47 years old now. So, you know, you think 45 years old, every single day I talk to my pop. And when we get off, he'd say the same thing. You're the greatest. Then when my mom passed away, it changed. He said, you're the greatest. And then he said, he paused and he said, so act accordingly, son. And he, he would call me boy every time, like every day. He'd be like, boy, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? Boy, boy, boy. And now what I find is I do the same thing to my son. <laughs> I'm calling him boy. And someday, I hope, it's not yet. It's never happened yet. Someday, I want to earn the name of Pops to my kids. So is that two different personalities growing up? Or did it evolve over time? Did it go dad to Pop? Or was it depending on who you got? It, went, it went dad to Pop. I mean, early on, it went like from dad, dad was drill sergeant. Dad was like, I mean, my my pop or dad used to hitchhike to work. My dad was the one that, I mean, he was 
he was a, a scrapper, barely grad. He, I don't even think he graduated from high school, but he ended up uh, uh, working for NASA. He was one of the first seven safety people with NASA that headed up the uh, safety program for, for oh, wow. the shuttle program. Yeah. So he went from not graduating from high school to doing that. Uh, dad was a pit bull. He had a pit bull mentality. He'd lock his jaws onto something and until he either took the limb off or you killed him. That's who, that's who dad was. Pop was, you ever hear the uh, baby bull and the, uh, the daddy bull walking on top of the hill? I don't think so. Let's baby, baby bull, daddy bull walking on top of the hill. Ba- baby bull turns into daddy bull says, daddy, look down in the valley. You see all them cows? Let's run down and have us one of them. And the daddy bull looked at the uh, baby bull and said, why don't we walk down and have all of them? <laughs> that was Pop. Pop was slow and steady. He was wise. One motion of Pop would move the world. Dad, I'm going to ram my head into this thing and knock you down. I'm going to knock you out. I'll take your family. I'll do whatever to be able to get what I want. Pop showed wisdom. So you're describing the journey of your own dad. Yeah. yeah. And he didn't stay dad. He wasn't dad and then pop and then dad and then pop. Mm-mm. He was dad and then progression took him to pop yep. in his own life. Um, so I think that's a good opportunity for us all to reflect. I think a lot of times it's just like gaining weight. You don't really recognize it until it's like done, right? You look in the mirror and you go, oh yeah, I have gained 30 pounds. Um, we don't oftentimes see the good though. We don't oftentimes see the things that have made us a better person. Mm-hmm. And so take a minute to reflect on your own life and look at the things that you used to do that you have grown out of. Mm-hmm. Look at the things that made you maybe not the best father, maybe not the best mother, maybe not the best partner, uh, maybe not the best son, daughter, friend, and say, I've grown out of those things and give yourself a name. I love that. Like dad to pop, right? Well, maybe you were something 20 years ago that you're not today and you need to celebrate that. You need to celebrate that you've progressed through something and become something that's better for those around you, better for yourself. Well, I, I completely agree. Corey, uh, I mean, has there been different points in your life that you're seeing when I'm talking about my dad and then pop and then Kampa? And, you know, have you seen that in yourself? I don't know if I see it in myself to Kirk's point, you know, I'm not sure if I see it as much in myself. I have seen that in my parents for sure. Mm-hmm. Right. We, we well, may but, call them different things, but I'm going to call, I'm going to call, I'm going to raise my hand and call BS on that. (laughs) Here we go. (laughs) Because Corey's a different dad today than he was a year and a half ago when we started the podcast. Ooh. Yeah, that's true. You, you are more purposeful. Um, you've invested the time in just doing this podcast to become a better dad. We often tell each other that this is a selfish endeavor. (laughs) We get more out of this podcast than, than anybody because we get to be here and participate in it and listen to it and share it with our kids. No doubt. So I, I don't think that you are the same dad and well, I, I, I hope guarantee not. you're not the same dad that you were when you became a dad. Yeah, that's probably true. So it's just, that's my point. It's people, easier right? to see in other people, yes. but not in ourselves. But I think we do all get wiser now. Some, sometimes more on purpose mm-hmm. we're wiser. Right. Um, and certainly doing the podcast, as you pointed out, and I'm sure Kelly, it's the same way for you. And the more podcasts you do, the more people you meet, the more wise you become. I don't always take that wisdom and incorporate it as well as I, I should, but over time you just become a, a, a 
different person when you surround yourself with great people. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I've learned this from you that it's not about the big, huge milestone things that you have to leap towards. It's that 1% better, right? Yeah, no doubt. Are you 1% better than you were yesterday? Yeah. And if you do that, that progression can multiply and compound to the point that you won't recognize who you were. Yeah, um, we hope so, for the right? better, right? <laughs> we hope in life that's what happens. We, we call it inch stones, right? And so, you know, most of the time people are looking for milestones and they get let down so much because they're looking at it. If I was to get into the real estate or into construction and I looked at Corey and I was like, oh, I'm going to be the next. Well, I'm probably going to fall short. But if I look at the little inch stones, everyone can relate to an inch stone. Like I got up today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like my son is probably the greatest example of this. Like we, I went, we went to Fresno. My, my daughter got to go to stranger con to see stranger things with my wife. So they flew across the country to New Jersey, go meet all the movie stars, all the stuff. Cause it's her favorite show. Yeah. yeah. My son said, what are we doing, daddy? I said, we're going to Fresno. He said, yeah. <laughs> we got to the airport. He was like, daddy, we're going to security. I was like, dude, I've never been this damn excited about security, you know? But he was excited about security. He was excited because our flight got delayed and we had to rent a car from Fresno and drive back to Carlsbad in Southern California. He's like, halfway through the drive, he turns to me. He's like, daddy, you know why it's so great that we got delayed and we had to rent a car? And I was like, tell me, son. And he said, because we wouldn't have been able to spend this much time together. And we wouldn't have been able to stop on the airplane and get in and out burger. (laughs) The joy back to the joy part, the joy in this kid, he takes me to a completely different level. And if you know, if you don't mind, I'll tell you one quick story. Yesterday we were driving, we were going to, uh, coming back from park city into the, into Salt Lake. And I said, son, you have three wishes. We do these games. We're like, quick, we got to answer quick. I said, you got three wishes. Go. He said, I don't need wishes. Because if I want something, I just work hard for it. And I was like, who am I talking to? How old is he? Sounds like, you, sounds like your son. He's 10. <laughs> and when I, when I thought about it, I was like, wow, this kid knows that every single dream that he has involves a good attitude and work ethic. That's it. It's simple. That's awesome that he knows You've that You've been already. drilling it in. No kidding. <laughs> Do you have to listen to tapes or you haven't gone there? With I haven't tapes? gone to that, but I did, I did find one. I haven't been able to brand it. Maybe you guys can help me with it, but I did find one that is a Bluetooth speaker that fits in your pillow where you don't have to have, we used to have a, a Walkman cord, right? Right. But now, and I did, and I put it in, in my pillow and it's amazing, man. Like it works pretty well. It's huh? great. And my son, when I bought it, he was like, he's 10. He's like, dad, what'd you get? And I told him and he's like, can I do it? <laughs> can I sleep teach? I was like, man. <laughs> I can't believe my wife is like, you're crazy. Cause my, my wife has heard these stories since we've been married, you know, but I want to go back to a point when you were talking about uh, you seeing in Corey, the change, I just got to perform a wedding. I don't do them often. Um, but I got, uh, uh, certified as like universal life church or whatever it was uh-huh. sign up online. So my sister got married. She had me do the, the, the ceremony. One of the things, and this is, I think it went to your guys' point. What I told both of them is my best advice to any husband that's about to get married. Understand and know that you do not know your, right now, she's still your fiance. Tell you, say, I do. You do not know her as your wife. So get to know her as your wife. Do not have any expectation of how she acted as a fiance. 
Because when she became your fiance, she had never been to your fiance. She was your girlfriend. But you can't have any expectation from your girlfriend to your fiance, your fiance to your wife, because you didn't know her that way. And for men out there, you don't know if you haven't had kids and you have your first child, you can't look back and say, you used to treat me this way because you don't know her as a mother. And if we can stay present in that realm and every new day, then we treat her the way that we're like courting her. It changes things for us because we don't know them in that realm. Mm -hmm. And my, my wife reminded me of this today. Like we're, we've got young kids, but she was like, baby, you got to understand that our kids are getting to an age where they're self-sufficient and some, soon they're going to be out the house. And if we aren't madly in love with each other and courting each other, we're going to have challenges down the road. And I was like, wow. Now, my wife is super hot. She's super cool. I'm super in love with her. And I want to be with her every single day. But she was already preparing for when we're empty nesters. And she's like, I still want to love. I still want to be attracted to you. I still want to. And so we're doing those, uh, thinking about those things now. That's fantastic advice because I think a lot of people lose that somewhere along the way, right? Might not be fiance, girlfriend to wife. It might not be mother. It might not be post the kids are out of the house or now the kids are teenagers or the whole journey, right? And it changes. You definitely don't know the girl, no matter how long you dated, Mm-mm. that's going to be your wife. <laughs> I don't care who you are. If you think you do, you probably don't. Not to the depth you're going to as a wife. And then it's even deeper level as a mother, right? We don't think about that stuff when you're dating. You don't talk. Usually most people don't talk about, so what kind of mom are you going to be? And what kind of dad are you going to be? That doesn't come out when you're dating. <laughs> normal for normal that would, people. That would end a date. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, and, and anyway, some of those things don't typically come up. So I think that's fantastic advice. Yeah. I had an interesting conversation yesterday with my grandfather, which I've mentioned on the podcast many times cause I'm very close to him, but, um, we were talking about uh, somebody that we know that had gotten a divorce and a pretty young couple that we both know. And he said, I've been married to your grandma now for uh, 69 years. And he said, I don't think I could have done any better no matter how long I looked. And they're still that in love. And he said, I'm more in love with her today than I was the day I married her. And then that reminded me of something that the man who married me said. He said, look at your wife, look at your fiance. You think you love her today. Wait till you see her hold your own child Mm -hmm. and watch your love for her grow. So I think it's important that we recognize those different stages in life and recognize that our love changes but over the course of 69 years, it can still grow. Well, I think, I think, uh, you know, with you guys' podcast, you guys are all about practical application in life, right? And, and this is why your podcast is so, uh, I think, so important, you know, to so many men. Because most of the time, men don't get a chance to, you know, it's not, it's not bred in us as men to, you know, either be in touch with our feelings, love our wives more, love our kids more. It's not, it's, uh, you know, you need to be out there providing and you can sacrifice this time and then they'll have the life that they want. And what I found is I I was at a financial convention, actually, right after I I spoke at a financial convention, right after I met you, Kirk, and they were talking about different insurances. And so I, when I went, I got a chance to do my keynote and (laughs) I started with, I said, what if I could give you a, a insurance policy 
for 50% of your net worth, 30% of your income in perpetuity, and your mental health. And I just paused and everyone in the room raised their hand and they were like, I'm in. Whatever the cost, I'm good. And then I paused longer and I said, stay married. Because if you get divorced, you're going to lose 50% of your net worth, 30% of your income and your mental health. So stay married. And how do we stay married? And here's a practical application. Every morning, and this started last year, it started with my daughter first, but then I moved it into my wife because I saw the effect that it had on my daughter. I, my, my daughter was going through some challenges with the, with the pandemic, right? She's 13 now, so she was like 11 when it happened. So she, you know, it was tough. She was at her house, yeah. all the stuff. Uh, those of you out there with kids, you know exactly what I'm talking about. My son, however, he was living his best life, eating Cheez-Its on Zoom. He was he had done a screenshot of himself on, uh, on the, you know, while he's playing, uh, you know, Fortnite and all this stuff. He was living his best life. My daughter, however, it was emotional. It was tough because she was going into sixth grade. Um, at that time, I started, I took a journal and I started writing her a letter every single day. Every morning I'd write her a letter and at the end of the week on Friday, I'd give her the journal and she'd read seven letters and then she gives it back to me. And I've done this uh, since uh, 2021 uh, March. So she's about a year, almost a year and a half that she's had this. I started it with my wife and every morning I wake up and I write a letter to my daughter. I write a letter to my wife. But what I found was just like the podcast for you guys, it was more about you than anybody else. What I found was every morning I had to be specific about the things that were awesome about my daughter and my wife because otherwise they would call bull doo because they would be like, you're just writing this out of, you know, out of ritual. Mm-hmm. And so every day I have to look at all the great things. Like today I'm looking at all the great things that my wife is doing. Cause I know I have to write a letter in the morning. Mm-hmm. And when I write that letter in the morning and at the end of the week, I hand it to her. Sometimes she reads it. Sometimes she doesn't. But I tell you that practice, if you start doing it, and not only in your family with your wife, but th- this will change your relationship yeah. because you'll you focus on the, all the great things. But then I would say, as a gentleman, try it with your kids, but then try it with your business. Right? I can't remember her name that's right out here. Bryn. Bryn, Bryn. or Cynthia. Okay. Yeah. But if Bryn got a letter every day in a journal said all the great things that she did the day before, I could tell you she would walk through fire. She already does, but I'm saying now some people are like, I ain't trying to commit to that because then where, where do I get the time? My dad said this, pop said this, you don't ever have the time unless you make it. And imagine the relationship capital that you could build. And I'm not just talking from a business standpoint, because that's not what this is about, but imagine that in the family, right? And are there days where I... Don't get a chance to write the letter? Absolutely. But it's so crazy because now we did it in our men's group. And at first, the guys were like, well, how do I structure the letter? What should I do? And I was like, if you structure the letter, your wife's going to know. <laughs> you got to speak from your heart. And when we start speaking from our heart, our kids, the, the change in our kids is exponential, the change in our marriage. And I tell you, that's why when I was talking about the hideout, like, I watch all these high-flying entrepreneurs, all these hard-charging, amazing businessmen, and I watch. And a lot of times it's at the expense of the things that really matter. And so they end up working super hard, and then they neglect their wife. And then they lose 50% of their net worth, 30% of the income, and then they think another woman's going to fix it. 
So then they do it again. And now you take that 50% that you don't have anymore. And then you cut that in half and you end up working your tail off to be able to support things that you don't even like anymore. Why not just fall in love? Like my mom always said, my mom was so wise. She said, and I didn't understand it at the time. She said, uh, you know, the lyric, if you can't be with the one you love, love the one you're with. And what she was meaning was, if you can't be with the circumstance that you want, love the circumstance that you have right now. And then watch that magic happen. And that's yeah. what joy is. Yeah, I like that. I tell, I tell my kids, and we've talked this on the podcast many times, I always say happiness is a choice, right? In your case, joy is a choice, yeah. is what you're saying. But it's so true in life, right? It's just the way you, many times, not always, but 90% of the time, it's just how you react to it. You can decide if you're going to be happy, if you're going to have joy, right? In fact, if you ask any one of my kids, I would just say happiness is, and every, all three of them would say a choice, you know, that fast, right? Um, so you're so, you're so right. I have a question that I've been, yeah. been thinking about f- for you since you said this earlier, it might be kind of a hard one to answer because you've had a lot of people on your podcast, <laughs> but at the end of the podcast, all these people have given advice to your kids mm-hmm. right now. There's probably a hundred that are really good because mm-hmm. we have a question we always ask and we have a lot of good answers. None of them are really bad answers. They've mostly all been good. But has there been some answers to that question, some advice that's been given in there that has hit home to you or has meant m- most to your kids? Is there anything, one or two that pop in your mind that you might be able to share with, with this audience? I think the, the general manager of the Tennessee Titans, his name is John Robinson. Um, I became a friend of his wife because we were at an event and I didn't know who she was. But I, I, my dad said, you never know where someone's from. You never know where they're going. and You never know where you'll meet up with them again. So make a friend out of everyone. So I met her and I said, hey, I'm going to force you to be my friend for the rest of your life. She laughed and I told her that I was an Oilers fan from like since I was six years old. My dad bought me a jacket. I told her the story and she's laughing the whole time. And then she turns to me and she's like, you know, and then my friend's like, do you realize who that is? And I was like, no, I mean, just Jamie. It's my friend, Jamie. And he's like, his, her husband is the general manager of the Tennessee Titans, <laughs> which is my favorite team. Right, right. But he was on the podcast and I said, he changed the culture. Like if you, if you guys watch when he came in, I believe it was 2016 when he came to the Tennessee Titans, I believe the culture completely changed. And I asked John, I said, how did you change the culture? And the advice that he gave to my kids was, I mean, through that story, he said, I looked out from my office. I looked out over the the campus that, the, that we practice on. And he said, I saw trash. I saw all the stuff. And he said, I got out of my suit. I put on jeans and I went down and picked up trash. And then I took pictures of it and I sent it to all my executives and said, if we are a championship organization, how can we leave trash and Gatorade bottles where they are? The general manager of the Tennessee Titans was picking up Gatorade bottles. And so for me, it was, it reiterated what pop was telling me. If you're too big to do the little things, you're too little to do the big ones. And this was a, a, an example that you can see, that you could see with him. And so for me, I mean, it was special, you know, for my kids to hear that. Like, where can you put on jeans in your company? Where can you put on jeans at school and get dirty and nasty where no one's going to give you the accolades, but you're going to see the end result. And I think that was the most powerful. That's a cool one. And it's hard to change culture. In fact, you can only affect it, right? Culture is kind of its own living, breathing organism. Mm-hmm. So that's a cool story. Kelly, do you read? Yeah. 
Sometimes. I mean, I fall asleep a lot. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I always like to ask people that are as enthusiastic about life, mm-hmm. uh, like you, what books they've read that have made them who they are. I would say the the two thousand year old one that every uh, self help book and personal development book is based off of every business book is based off of, and you know exactly what I'm talking about. How to win friends and influence people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, and that one was based <laughs> off it too. Um, and it's the it's the cheat code, right? It's the, it's the cheat code. It's it's proverbs, the corresponding proverb for the corresponding day. Like every single business book out there, if you go to proverbs, every one of them is based off proverbs. Yeah. Every one of them. Now they're gonna. Do people need different flavors in their life? Absolutely. We're here in Salt Lake, so you know that the sodas need a little flavor in them, like you guys do, right? You know that. I don't know if that's a unique Utah right? thing. Yes, what, it is. I live in California. It's pretty ain't unique. No, no, ain't, ain't nobody have a drive through soda place. When I tell people that about, my family grew up in Utah, so I'm making fun so of you. Get it? I'm yeah. giving some. My family grew up in Tooele, so I can make these jokes. But I'm saying, like, you know, do people need a little dip, bit different taste, right? And you know, for me, it's not that I'm only reading that, but I am reading the corresponding proverb for the corresponding day. That's what I was doing in the lobby when, when we were here. Mm-hmm. And I did it this morning beforehand. Um, but I, I love Ken Blanchard's books. My dad raised me on them. Ogmandino. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but all these things I didn't know as Ogmandino. I didn't know as Norman Vincent Peale. I didn't know, you know, all these greats of personal development. What I knew was pop living them. Which and, is more powerful. And he more. would say, and he would say the stuff. And then now it's so crazy. Cause like my dad took who moved my cheese yeah. and the, uh, the one minute manager and got a job at NASA being a, 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 a <laughs> uh, you know, a, barely a high school graduate. And all he did was read the book. And then he went and did the one minute manager every day. And he did this. And then what was crazy he read Stephen Covey, you know, the original, like the father, the Stephen seven Covey. Seven Habits. Okay, Seven Habits. And then what was so cool is because being kind, making a ton of friends, staying curious, I got to have Stephen MR on the uh, podcast, and then he s- gave a shout-out to my pop. <laughs> uh, he was like, hey, pop, I just want to let you know. My dad's oh, like, love that. oh, my gosh, because that's what I was raised on, but uh-huh. I didn't even know it. And now I get to, ha- I get to meet the Ken Blanchers of the world when my dad was reading his book, never would have any contact. Now I get to do that and help to my kids to realize Ken Blanchard, the legend is not Ken Blanchard, the legend. He's a man who breathes like us, makes mistakes like us. And it's possible to do those things. He had the right attitude and the right work ethic. That's awesome. <laughs> I bet you're, I bet that was like a pinch me moment. Oh my for your God. Dad. I'm going to send you guys the video. It was so funny because Steven came on the podcast and, he was like, okay, so, you know, do we talk about this book and that book? And I was like, no, I want to know who you are. And so if you, if you listen to that one, there's this roller coaster because you could tell we asked him questions that he had never been asked before. And we took him to places that, you know, he was like, you know, and because he's used to people wanting to know what he does. Right. Yeah. And valuing what he does. And like, he's Stephen M.R. Covey. I'm like, I mean, you're Stephen. That's awesome. I respect it. But that's why you guys are so special. That's why this podcast is so special because you guys haven't asked me how much revenue I've done in a year. <laughs> you didn't even ask that. You haven't asked me, like, give me seven business tips that will change the world. No. <laughs> like, you're asking how I can affect my family. That's why it's so important. This podcast is so important, man. Well, thanks. Hopefully it provides a lot of value to the people that listen to it. And that's, that's <laughs> what, we, what we hope. Um, 
that that trickles down. So, uh, talk to us a little bit about your mom too. I know that you you've talked to us a little bit about your dad, yeah. and tell us what your mom was like and the things that she taught you, and how influential mothers can be in raising their kids. Pure love and a prayer warrior. My mom wasn't in your face, but she was praying about everything. She told me from a very early, uh, early stage. And this, I mean, I'm not trying to beat my chest. These are things that I was given. I, w- I didn't earn my parents. I was given them. I, w- I didn't earn my mom. I was given it. But she told me, she said, you will re- rule great nations. She said, son, you will move mountains. I had no idea what she was talking about when I was a kid. She told me that she was praying for my wife since I was in fourth grade. At 10 years old, that's weird. That's weird. As a 10-year-old, I'm like, no, nah, just pray that I get the hottest chick in class. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I don't need a wife. But she was a prayer warrior. And what she taught me was, no matter what you do and how much of a bonehead you are, which I have been in my life and made a lot of mistakes, if you pray about everything, it'll work out. No matter how awful you are, if you pray about everything and you pray specifically, everything will work out. And probably one of the greatest times, I mean, my whole life with my mom, like she's just an incredible, incredible, incredible woman. I miss her so much, but she also wants to stay in heaven too. <laughs> but she, uh, she, I came home one day and she said, um, I'm so excited. I said, what you excited about mom? She said, I praised God for your asthma today. I was like, what? I was 20 years old. I had struggled with asthma. I had asthma attacks almost every night to the point where I had to go to the hospital. Like, I mean, it was bad. Like I couldn't breathe. I don't know if you've uh, suffered with asthma ever, but it's like being held underwater. It's the worst. I mean, I wish it on no person. Up to 20 years old, I was so bad asthmatic. I come home and my wife and my, my uh, mom's looking at me in my eyes with joy and saying, I praise God for your asthma. And I was like, mom, what is wrong with you? Are you drinking something? Are you smoking something? What are you doing? She said, I read today that God's in the midst of the praise of his people to praise him in all things and that praise unlocks blessings. So today I praise God for your asthma. And she said, I suggest you do it too, son. And I went into my bedroom, like everyone out there listening or both of you in the room. And I was like, thanks God. My mom told me to do it. Thank you. And God was like, I don't believe you. You don't even believe you. And I said, the second time I was like, okay, 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 okay. Like that spoiled kid. Okay, 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 okay. Thank you, God. And he was like, you still don't mean it. And a third time I was like, okay, thank you. He was like, I'm (laughs) patient, but you still don't mean it. And I sat in that room for about an hour and a half until I finally got to the point and I realized how much God had blessed me in my life, how many great things he had done. And what he was asking for right now was praise. And so it was tough. It was probably one of the toughest decisions that I've ever made up to that point at 20 years old, which I thought everything was, you know, really tough at that time. But at 20 years old, I praised him that day. I got up the next morning. I'm 47 years old. I've never had a problem with asthma since that night. Hmm. And when people ask me, how'd you get rid of asthma? Did you grow out of it? I said, no, I was healed. And what he told me afterwards, he said, son, when you praised me, Based off of something you hadn't received, you were acting on faith as opposed to circumstance. And I am not a God of circumstance. I'm a God of faith. And when you stand in and everyone out there listening, if you have a desire in your heart, God created that desire, not a want, but a desire. God was the author of that. And if you'll thank him now before you ever get it, 
it'll unlock the blessing. And that's what he helped me. And she, she showed me that. And now it's like, and I, I tell you this, years later, opened my first business, got robbed five times in the first five years, major break-ins, smashed my stuff, did all stuff. I was so mad. Got pulled over on the way home from getting burglarized. Cop comes up to the car. I says, you know, I just want to tell you, my place got robbed. That's why I'm driving so fast, officer. He said, oh, thank you so much. And I was like, cool, he's not going to run. Then he wrote me the ticket. And he said, here you go. And I was so angry. And God said, I said, why would you do this, God? And he said, "Uh, I gave you the opportunity to get robbed because you have a business. Because I bless you with a business. Do you not want to get robbed anymore? And I realized what he was saying. And he said, praise me now for the blessings that are coming because I'm working on your behalf. But if you only praise me once I deliver it, that's not faith. And I want, to, I want you in the faith. I want you walking in that faith. And the faith is going to be the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And I want to be that evidence for you every single day. Love prayer warrior. (laughs) That's what she was, man. She was, she was doing it every day for any, you mentioned anything. She was praying about anything. That's cool. I like that. I'm a huge believer in prayer. So, uh, prayer warrior is going to be a new (laughs) thing in my life. Good term. So when you, so you have multiple times said, Hey, God's talking to me. Mm -hmm. How does he go about doing that with you? Like, how do you feel God's presence or his words, if that's okay for me. Yeah. To ask. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean the first, uh, like the first time I ever, it was audible the first time. I mean, it was freaky. Like I was in Memphis and I had complained about my job and then I got in my car and I heard it's over. And I was like, and I heard it in my car and I looked around, there's no one in my car. And, but I, I knew when he said like, and I looked over, I was like, and then he said again, it's over. And at that point I knew that it was like, it was I knew. And then I looked at the guy at the, in the car next to me and I was like, God, you're, and I was talking to, I must've seemed like I was crazy. This was before Bluetooth. So I was in my car and I was like, God, you're talking to that dude because I was complaining about my job, but I still like it. I'm making a lot of money. Things are going well. I said that one thing, but, and he said it again, it's over. And I used the principle for my mom. I went home and I praised him that day. That was on uh, September uh, 17th. September 19th, September 19th, on October 7th, I got a call that offered me the dream job that I had wanted for two and a half years that I had never applied for. Nice. So for me, it's, sometimes it's audible, right? Um, this morning it was uh, through my hands, through writing. So uh, if, I don't have my journal with me, but um, there'll be an asterisk. The asterisk will uh, go. So once the asterisk goes, then God starts talking. And literally it goes into, I don't know if you've been in a flow in business. Yeah, right? yeah. So I go into a flow. It's almost a blackout. And so I'll, I'll just, my hand goes and I get done. And then there's an asterisk at the end. So it shows where God spoke. And then uh, honestly, like I'll go back and I'll read it. And it's not even in my voice. It's just from him. Well, I think that's so healthy. I don't think a lot of people, they may call it something else instead of prayer, meditation, whatever. Yeah. But um, similar to you, I'll like pray and then listen. Right? And You're wise. I, and I think, I wish I was better at it. I want to be a warrior at it now. Yeah. But I don't think we've talked about this that much on the podcast. And I do think that a lot of people um, in the world who have joy are meditation, prayer, in touch, have quiet time, write, journal, yeah. like you were mentioning. So 
I just, thanks for sharing that. And because, you know, I've, I've, I've known other people, many other people who've had those same kind of stories who've heard God's voice in their lives, but they don't openly share it all the time. So it's cool that you're very open about who you are and about the way that you um, interact with a higher being and then how that influences your life. Yeah. I think it's cool that you talk about that. Yeah. Well, thank you. How ridiculous would it be if I asked you a question and then turned my back and walked out the door? <laughs> you know, you have to, you have to, if you're going to pray about it, you do have to have that moment that you say, okay, now what? Yeah. Right. Well, so. I, I think and the, the other one uh, was that God told me at one point, like I was uh, going to buy my second house in Vegas. This was years ago. And, um, and I was waiting on his voice and he spoke to me so strong. And he said, sometimes you wait on my voice and other times you act in my peace. So there's times where he speaks to me through the peace and, and different people are going to get different realms. I mean, he's, he's pretty straight up with me. Like, you know, I mean, he's pretty straight up. He's uh, there's sometimes where he knocks me upside the head and is like, you know, boy, you need to, you need to understand who I am and what I've done in your life and showed you, you know, and some of the things that you've been through and you're whining and complaining about this, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, we had like, you know, we've had so many crazy things that have happened in every single one of us, right. In our lives. If you think about what it took to be able to build this construction company there are so many road bumps that you've had. And if you were to look back, you would be like, honestly, like, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. But when we're in the moment, we're thinking, oh my gosh, at the end of the world, I've lost that deal. I, I just, you know, I did this, I did that. And it's like, but if we step back and we realize, like our, with our kids, you know, I sure hope they act right. Well, they're going to be okay. Yeah. They're going to be all right. We had a little conversation before the podcast and my boys are off at football camp as freshmen with a bunch of older, uh, high school boys, you know, and they're 300 miles away from home. And it's really the first time that they've been, they're not without parental supervision, but my wife and I looked at each other and had a conversation with the boys. And we said, this is where the rubber meets the road. Like we've raised you guys now for 14 and a half years to be the same person in the light that you are in the dark and vice versa. And make good decisions. So we love you. Have fun. You know, and they're like, are you worried about us? And my wife was so quick. She just said, no, we're not worried about you. We just love you. And the confidence that they're, you know, going to be fine. Um, so anyway, um, at the end of every podcast, yeah. unfortunately we're out of time because <laughs> I, I love, I love this conversation so far. Um, at the end of every podcast, we ask our guest what they think it means to be a gentleman and define that for us. Do you mind answering that question, Kelly? The first thing is that, that you ask a question. I asked this question of my kids yesterday. Um, I didn't even know that you were going to ask this question. Um, but I asked my, both my kids yesterday. I said, uh, what example does dad set? Because I was feeling like, man, I need to be working harder. I need to be doing all this stuff. And, you know, my daughter makes fun of me. She's like, you know. I, the example that you said is, is working hard. I said, how do you see me working hard? She said, you're always making sure that everything that you do is for our family. And I was like, you see that? Like, that's pretty cool. And then she said, uh, oh, and, uh, you're a Jesus hippie. And I was like, what? And she's like, you're a Jesus hippie. You're always just saying like, oh, pray Jesus for all this stuff. And I was like, I don't say that to you. She's like, yeah, but it's how you act. And she said, you always tell us to pray about everything. 
And she's giving me a hard time, but I'm realizing that that's the example. And then I asked my, my son and he was like, you make things cool. And, you know, I think that that's the part is I don't, my dad told me this, my pop told me this all the time that every kid out there is a kid and a video recorder. The only difference between the two of them is the video recorder has a stop, a pause and a rewind and a delete button and your kids don't. And for me, being a gentleman is me looking at the results of what my kids are. And if they're acting a fool, I've got to take responsibility for that. And so that, that for me, as we go along, like my son yesterday, when I told you the story, like three wishes, go. I don't need wishes, dad. I got hard work. Whoa. Right. And my, my daughter, um, she was playing softball and she was pitching and the kid hit the ball and went to third base, hit the girl in the leg. Uh, the girl got the ball, but she you know, didn't make the play or whatever it was. And she was partly hurt, but partly pride. And the little girl starts crying. And my daughter's on the pitcher mound. She's in mid, uh, about wind up. She looks over here. Here's her crying. She stops. It's a balk. She stops, drops the ball, walks over, gives the girl a hug and tells her it's going to be okay. All the rest of the parents are like, I can't believe she balked and blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking, that's the, I mean. That my, was awesome. <laughs> my, my daughter just won the World Series. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I think that that for me is, is, is being a gentleman, is looking at the, uh, my dad said that a communication is a sender, a receiver, and results. And if you're not getting the results, it's not the sender, or it's not the receiver's fault, it's the sender. Sometimes you're just saying the right words in the wrong language. And I want to make sure that as a gentleman, I'm saying the right words in my kids' language, not my own. And that, to me, is what being a gentleman is. That's awesome. Very cool answer. We haven't had that one before, so (laughs) you're not. Just continuing the trend of being unique. Kelly, thank you for being you. Thank you for the joy that you've brought to the studio today and for the message that you shared with us today. Uh, Thank you, everyone, for joining us on the podcast today. If you'd like to check out Kelly's podcast, it's the Kelly Cardenas podcast found on every podcast platform known to man. And uh, he would obviously love if you'd hop over there and take a listen to his podcast because some of the guests he has on are pretty incredible people as well. Thanks for joining us today. If you haven't done the same, please hop over and like and subscribe to the podcast. Watch out for our social media posts sharing Kelly's podcast. And if you found value in the podcast today, share that with somebody that you love. If you were prompted during the podcast today to share Kelly's message with somebody that you know, uh, please do so. Act on each good thought. Thanks, everyone. Have a great week.